Coming up on Tech News Today, anti-sec hits the military big time. Also, Balmer gives a keynote and is very un-Balmer-like. And Google gets its own e-reader. But is it any good? All that and more coming up next. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Tech News Today for Monday, July 1st, 2011. Uh, it's July 11th, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by Netflix. Watch thousands of TV episodes and movies on your PC, Mac, iPad, iPhone, or TV instantly. All streamed directly to you, saving you time, money, and hassle for your free 30-day trial. Go to netflix.com slash twit. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Sarah Lane. I'm Darren Kitchen. And I'm Jason Howell. And this is the show where we totally messed up the intro writing, <laughs> but we recovered. Yeah. There are two ones on today, not That's one. That's the only thing we messed up. He's not I as actor. He's What's Darren this Kitchen. we stuff? I wasn't talking. Uh, well, now it's, it's, it's him and the multiple personalities. I'm just saying. Yeah. I just looked, and everything's correct now. This is whoa. It's it's like a collaboration Your document. Your ego just tried to get you, but you got him in the end. All right. Earlier today on Twitter, uh, Anonymous's anti-sec movement posted that they had pwned some people. I like to pronounce it "pwn" to uh, to make it clear in audio that I'm using the p. I know, but oh, okay. it's not technically right to pronounce it "pwn." I've always right? said "pwn." Well, I mean, I think that when you're when you're talking, uh, you, you say "pwn." I I mean, there's okay. Pure ownage is spelled P-U-R-E-P-W-N-A-G, obviously, but it's pronounced pure ownage. But I guess when you're making a mockery of the misspelling, yeah, I gotta. I guess you have to say "pwn." All right. How else would you say it? I just wanted clearance. Okay. I mean, you could just that, say "own." Yeah, I yeah. can't sec West. They have the "pwn to own" thing, where there like if go. you hack the laptop, you get to keep it, kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Anyways, you know, I guess we all thought Hackapalooza was over, but I guess it's not, right? No, it's it's actually been going on, but it's been getting to the level of virus reporting mm. where the targets were not quite so interesting that you'd want to you'd be just spending every show talking about you know oh, they got this company and they got that company but they got booze allen hamilton today and booze allen hamilton which is not just a boozy guy you see at the bar and <laughs> no it is not <laughs> they are a significant military contractor of the level that they appear in almost every conspiracy theory about world government i mean they're that they're that yeah. huge and penetrating and run by a bunch of ex-military folks uh and anti-sec uh claims to have compromised a server at the consultant uh released internal data they called military meltdown monday includes about ninety thousand military email addresses so really not uh you know not not a bunch of passwords and stuff but what I'm, what I'm what I've read is that uh, they, they quoted in their paste bin, of course, because that is the place to, to put your text right, out. Right. Uh, most shiny is probably a list of roughly ninety thousand military emails and password hashes. Okay, uh, so they got the hashes, but not the. And they're text. saying that okay. they're MD five non salted, of course. So, uh, non salted. Uh, yeah, which Who's means Alan? come uh, on, which means those could be reversed in just a matter of minutes. Uh, they also the claim to have deleted source code from the servers that they found and just decided wasn't very interesting. So. They just got rid of it. Uh, and uh, they claim to have gone after Booz Allen because they believe that Booz Allen was up to the, some of the same tricks that H.B. Gary had been up to. If you didn't, if you missed the H.B. Gary story, H.B. Gary was hacked because they were going to unmask Internet act hacktivists. Uh, they were conducting an astroturfing campaign. They were trying to counter WikiLeaks on behalf of Bank of America. And we're going to spy on unions. Uh, 
and and Antisec claimed Booz Allen was going to do similar stuff. So they went after Booz Allen. They got him. Antisec also included an invoice for their audit of the Booz Allen security systems, totaling three hundred ten dollars for a few hours of work. Not bad. Yeah, no, it's a reasonable rate. I mean, the difference between a hacker and a security professional a lot less than is a, a decent paycheck. Yeah. Okay, they also claim to have boosted maps and keys for various other treasure chests, is what they call them, uh, buried in other government agencies, federal contractors, uh, shady white hat companies, and they say this material surely will keep our black hat friends busy for a while. Now it ceases to be funny. Right. Now it starts to be very serious. Now the, the, the hash logins, if they can crack those, that's pretty serious too. Uh, but those these things together are possibly a security threat. Right. The other one, it's just like, okay, well, then you just have a, I guess, company-wide, or not company-wide, but, you know, agency-wide uh, password reset, including U.S. CENTCOM and SOCOM and the Marine Corps and Air Force. I, I could imagine this getting costly quick. Yes. Booz Allen has not commented on the hack. They've, they've posted a, a, a comment saying that they, they don't comment. There was a, it was a tweet that, that pretty much said... We just want to remind everybody that we don't comment on security right. allegations of which breaches. is which is typical. It's a, that, it, that doesn't really so they, tell you they, anything. They, they kind of said, "Listen, we're not saying that we don't know what's going on here, but we're not saying anything else." Yeah, you don't want to encourage hackers by talking about the hackers. Right. Yeah, you don't want to retweet the hash that you were sent and say, "What did you sync my battleship?" Yeah, that, that would be no good. So they're not playing in that yeah. that sandbox. Yeah, this is this is the military. This isn't Sony. Yeah. This is this is prob. Would you say, Darren, that this is the biggest hack that anonymous lolsec antisec has done? Well, I don't know because really saying anonymous and lolsec, it's it's kind of confusing as to who. Is right, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I say it that way because it's I'm one of the bigger ones lately. Of those I mean, three groups, however interlocking they are, I'd say that the RSA one was probably bigger. Yeah, because but they don't, because they actually uh, they, they actually hacked the the dongles. Yeah, and and then that but was one that leads to so anonymous? many other things. Was that anonymous? Things. That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. confusing to say. Like anonymous oh, never took credit to, for to that ask, one. It, it's hard to answer. Like, oh, is this the biggest anonymous hack you've seen? But uh, I could definitely tell you, like, as far as you know, the the high profile attacks that we've seen this year, it's it's up there. But I don't think it's bigger than RSA. Yeah. All right. We will keep an eye on that and uh, see what falls out of it. Uh, also, starting today in Los Angeles, the Microsoft Worldwide Partner Conference. Uh, it, it should get its due when partner conferences happen. News is made, and CEO Steve Ballmer was there giving an opening keynote today. He, uh, he said a lot of stuff. It was kind of a, a potpourri of announcements. In uncharacteristic Balmer-like fashion, he said, In a year, we've gone from very small to very small, referring to Windows Phone 7. So he acknowledged that they really haven't grown on the phone platform the way they wanted to. Uh, but then he started in on the stuff that they have been successful at. Said, uh, we've sold more than 350 million licenses for Windows 7, while other unnamed companies have only sold 20 million. He said, 350 is a lot more than 20. Well... Can I, can I put that into perspective for just a second? I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes, that's huge, but you're comparing Microsoft on the PC to... Well, let's see. Uh, Apple's OS on the Mac. Microsoft is all about <laughs> licensing. I mean, without licensing. Yeah, but I'm just saying you can't compare I know. Windows to Apple because the hardware is different. You know, just 
it's it's I don't think it's a fair comparison. But then again, I agree as far you. as the PC is concerned, okay, you can either go Windows or you can roll a cool flavor of Linux or, or BSD or something like that. And even there, uh, Ubuntu uh, early or late last year, they announced they were only at like 12 million. I say only. That's still really really cool for one of the premier distros. But I mean, that's like slightly more than half of Mac. But yeah. They also made a lot of announcements about cloud, really stressed cloud operations for the enterprise, uh, talked about their motivations in acquiring Skype, saying that they want to connect Link, their internal uh, similar system, with the outside world. Somebody asked Steve Ballmer, are you going to get rid of Link since you bought Skype? He's like, no, we want to bridge that gap so your enterprise can talk to your consumers and business partners around the world. So Skype is going to you is going to interconnect with Link. Uh, Skype, now with Active Directory integration. Yes, that's That'll exactly what that means. As much fun as an afternoon with LDAP. My sysadmin <laughs> bros know what I'm talking about. I was uh, actually impressed by some of the numbers. I mean, 12,000 participants uh, attending this year but you think, okay, well, Microsoft partners. So what's that all about? Microsoft has 640,000 partner companies uh, and 95% of Microsoft revenue comes from partner-related work. I mean, this is extremely important for them. It's extremely important that they keep good relationships with these people and they keep money coming in. I mean, even though the partners are making money, a lot of money because of Microsoft, Microsoft is also getting that kickback every time. This is the counterbalance to the criticisms of Microsoft that they aren't growing in the areas that, say, Apple is growing is they have a huge war chest. Now they can't, everyone's already saying, yeah, 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 that's what you've done and you're very successful at it, but what are you gonna do next? And that's what everyone's worried about. But Microsoft's not going away anytime soon. It, it would take decades to, to just kind of frivolously burn away that huge amount of enterprise presence that they have already and the, this conference demonstrates that exactly a few a few other notes uh, windows marketing chief tammy reller said that the hardware you're making today will be able to take advantage of windows 8 tomorrow i mean the, the partners that build the computers that windows run on are the heart of this audience so that was good news to them is that windows 8 will be backwards compatible and windows 7 software anything that runs on windows 7 she promised will be able to run on windows 8. Just, that's another big, big I, I'd thing. like to see how Windows Phone is going to make great inroads in the future. Since Nokia! It, since it hasn't. No, Nokia! I can't, I mean, well, I, I mean, that's... Because people purchase the hardware. Oh, wait, Nokia. No, they purchased That's all they really said. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that and cloud. Right. Nokia Cloud. Hey, it's going to get better. Cloud Nokia. Crazy Don't worry year. about it. Yeah. Very small. Went from very small to very small. Yeah. Uh, Google finally has put their name, well, they didn't put their name on it, but they are backing an e-reader. It's the first e-reader to integrate the Google Bookstore so that you can get uh, three million free public domain books, as well as a few hundred thousand paid books, or at least around a hundred thousand paid books. It's the iRiver Story HD. Launches July 17th for 140 bucks. It's a Wi-Fi only book uh, reader. So similar to the Nook Simple Touch. Yeah. Except it's not touchscreen. And it's got gold keys. You like that? Bling. I, I, I mean, I don't really like it or dislike it, but it sets it apart, certainly. If you're not going to have a touchscreen, at least you can have gold keys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll be able to get it at Target stores here in the United States. And, I mean, really, the, the, the big news about it is that it is the first one to use Google Books. Now, the other side of that story is Google's eBook store works on Android. It works on iOS. Mm -hmm. It works on your browser. It works in, I believe, it even works in Linux. I mean, it's compatible with so many other options. I'm not sure why you would buy the iRiver. It's sort of the, the opposite reaction to the Kindle, where it's like, well, I got to buy the Kindle. It sells so well because it's the only place I can read the Kindle books. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I guess the price point is uh, attractive, but it's starting to become not attractive enough because people have so many other options. I mean, if I can read Google Books on a variety of other tablets, I, even if I it was a lot of money to plunk down $500 or $300, I'd still be more inclined to wait and save up and get something that gives me that much more yeah, than say, just a Google bookstore. Say getting a Nook that can do right. both, mm -hmm. you know? And you have one slight advantage. You guys tell me what, whether you think this is a big advantage or not. Uh, over the Wi-Fi connection, you can read books off the Google bookstore without having to download them. Same way you would in a browser. So I don't understand the idea of streaming a book because we're talking about all of 100 kilobytes here for a book. So, you know, why wouldn't you just cache it? Because it's got such small storage. Oh, Maybe. I don't know. Come on. I'm this is saying. Are you saying that this is the, the cute little Roku of the uh, of the ebook readers? I kind of like the Roku, though. When you put it that way, it makes me like, oh, I, I, I like this. I well, like the, price the Google. Close. I'll tell you what. I love the Google Bookstore. Mm -hmm. I love the experience of reading Google Books on iOS. Uh, I love the selection in there, those three million free books. There's some amazing, weird, cool stuff. Yeah, they've, but I they've got it. They've got it all. I've never spent a dollar on it. I always get the free stuff. So then it goes back to um, form and function. Uh, I'm not, I'm go not gold, gold yeah. buttons, for example. I mean, Do it's I like, need, I feel sort of like that's part of this is that it sets it apart. It sets itself apart a little bit. I mean, one might say sort of lame, but it also might be a selling point for somebody else. Because that's really all you're doing is you're I really buying like this. Gold buttons. Well, I don't know. I mean, otherwise it's very Kindleish. Yeah, very yeah, Kindleish. It is. Uh, Google's trying to push the fact that they they're adding new retailers. They're they're partners with more than 250 independent bookstores, so they're not just all about chains. Uh, you know that they've got this extended affiliate network, so they've got advantages in the Google bookstore. But again, you can use the Google bookstore. I don't know. Something about this just to me feels like the kind of product that in a year they're not going to be doing anymore. Like it's just not going to take off. It just there isn't enough to really differentiate it and really kind of set it apart. And in fact, it's behind the, the newest Nook in that it doesn't have that touchscreen. Okay, it's what, the same price. So what would you yeah. say if this came out a year ago? I mean, because obviously, Maybe then, but because obviously, you know, if Google wants to be serious about this, they need to, and they they have been for years with the the Google eBooks platform, but they haven't had a solid device like this. Had this come out a year ago, would you feel different? Uh, possibly. I mean, it, then it may be, you know, more competitive with what was out then. But yeah. right now, it's just not even you think really this might as be competitive like, with what's out right now. Uh, maybe I mean. like a product of like, uh, what is it, slow delivery or something? One of those like was in the works way too long. Well, yeah, this, this is the upgrade to yeah. the 2009 iRiver. Yeah, which two, was compatible two, with two years, tons of two years different later. bookstores. And, and it still stuff. is. It's yeah. compatible with lots of different, you know, lots of different features. So let's not lose sight of that. But it's, yeah. you know, a couple, couple of years later. Uh, let's take a break and say Netflix.com slash twit. Now you repeat it after me to your friends that don't have Netflix. Twit. So say we oh. all. Go, <laughs> here's your assignment for today. Go find someone you know who doesn't have Netflix already. Like Darren. If that's you, you can, you're done. You can just say it to yourself. And tell them, go to Netflix.com slash twit. Sign up for 30 days free of unlimited streaming of movies and TV shows. Sign let's, up, let's try, Darren. Let's try it right now. Darren, yes. you should go to Netflix.com slash twit because you can sign up for 30 days for free of as many movies and TV shows that you could possibly watch. And I know you don't like to sleep anyway, so this just gives you more of a reason. Oh, I could stay up all night just drinking caffeine and, and watching Battlestar Galactica. That's right, Darren. I love it. I'm so glad. All Thanks. Right. I'm, I'm stoked we had this conversation, We have a happy Sarah. customer sold on Make TNT. Make this happen in your neighborhood. <laughs>
<laughs> Netflix.com slash Dwayne. We thank him for the Don't support. get left behind in the cold. <laughs> You're going to call me for all your Netflix needs. <laughs> Netflix.com. Better call Saul. It's all good, man. Now the shirt and tie makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Still, 28% of U.S. smartphone owners use them as their primary internet connection because their freaking internet is so damn slow. It's probably the fastest one they have. You really think that means that the that they're tethering? Is that the way you're reading this? <laughs> I, you know, I didn't see that part of the stat, but it mm-hmm. would make sense to me. Uh, Pew Internet Project Pew, Pew. says that 83% of those surveyed, they surveyed 2,277 U.S. adults between April and May of this year, 83% have some kind of cell phone. That's not that surprising. It's, it's a big penetration but not that surprising these days. From that group, 42% have a smartphone. So 42% of the 83%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of those folks who have a smartphone, so we're, we're narrowing down the list, 28% access the internet that way most of the time. Okay, so 28% of 42% of 83%. What does that mean to me? 10% of all cell phone owners or 8% of all adults in the U.S. Oh, nice. Use... Our cell phones as a primary as a primary and of that nearly a third lack any kind of traditional broadband internet access so they may be on dial-up or they may be on nothing Hmm. a third of the people who use the internet primarily on their phone don't even have another well that's interesting because the internet experience that you get on your cell phone is vastly different than you would get on a traditional computer with a browser I think Wouldn't this is a say. surprising number to us, although many other countries have been experiencing this for years now, where people might not even have a computer, sure. yeah. but they've got a smartphone, smartphone, and that's how they connect online. Computers are for rich people. Right. And, and, and not even smartphones, but just you know feature phones that can do texting, uh, the whole uh, beeping phenomenon, the whole inter- uh, phone banking, where you still, people do their banking on their phone mm-hmm. uh, in places in Africa, in Asia, mm-hmm. uh, India. India. Uh, you know, they're, they're, it's a whole other world of how to use your cell phone because it's a mobile computer. And I think that, Darren, you, you're like, wow, the mobile experience sometimes can be a little Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying bones. that it's, it's fascinating to see what the differences are because of mm-hmm. 10% of, of the, is it saying the country or the world here? Uh not oh, this sure is a U.S. study. This, US this is all study. U.S. Okay. So, so if, if 10% of the country are just, you know, accessing the internet through their their smartphones, what are their, I, they're not accessing Usenet, they're not accessing uh, Gopher. Okay, th- those are really old. Um, but what no, I'm saying is... No, they're not accessing Usenet or Gopher. Okay. Your but, point? But that my point <laughs> is uh, that, you know, they're accessing it through apps like Facebook and, and Twitter and whatever the other, you know, internet enabled apps i mean the you know sure the web browser is still you know is is vastly better than it was in like the palm pilot days or anything like that but uh i don't know it's just interesting to think about how their experience must be compared to yours on a laptop but imagine if you were using a smartphone and again this is primarily it doesn't mean none of these people ever use computers it just means that they're using the smartphone version more Mm -hmm. but imagine if that was your only experience and then you're sitting down in front of this laptop and you're like these browser tabs and blah you know it always seems weird when it's not what you're used to. I'll tell you right now, if my only experience to the web was through a smartphone, I would much prefer an app, and then that speaks volumes to me. If 10% of the country is only using this, the smartphone to get to the internet, then am I going to use, if say Google Plus didn't have an app on Android, I don't know why I wouldn't, but would I you know, go through the browser or would I continue using Facebook because it has an app? I'm going that's through the I'm browser saying. with yeah. Google Plus on iOS right now. Oh, that's exactly. so cute. Maybe not for much longer, but I mean, it does work. Okay. 
<laughs> I mean, douchebag rich people like us uh-huh. have computers, and we sit there and we compare these things. But if you all you have is a dial-up connection or no connection, that smartphone is a is a great deal, especially if it's prepaid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you can you know go a month without it if you need to meet your bills. All this think of think of what you have access to versus what the differences are, and it's incredibly revolutionary that that is accessible to a wide number of people. Even even those feature phones, which just give you a little bit of browsing and a little bit of Facebook, it still uh, leaps and bounds the, over what those phones had been you know just a generation ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The Department of Justice wants to force you to decrypt your encrypted laptop. Uh, Ramona Fricosu in Colorado is accused of fraudulent real estate transactions. And during the investigation, the government seized an encrypted laptop from the home she shares with her family, asked the court to compel her to type the password into the computer or turn over a decrypted version of her data. Now, the prosecution claims this is no different than seizing, say, a safe from someone's house mm-hmm. and saying, you need to give us the key. Uh, and you know, yeah. the, the pers- oh, open these filing you know, cabinets. The person could say, I don't know where the key is. person could say, I don't remember what the password is. But, you know, you th- there's legal ways to deal with that. But basically, you're assuming, like, you know what the password is. You know what the key is. Give it to us. We're going to open the safe. And that has been shown to be legal in previous cases. Uh, however... The EFF, filing an amicus brief on behalf of the defendant, says compelling the defendant to decrypt a laptop would violate the Fifth Amendment protection against self-incrimination. Marsha Hoffman from the EFF says decrypting the data on the laptop can be, in and of itself, a testimonial act, revealing control over Mm -hmm. a computer and the files on it. Yeah, if you can decrypt it, it must be your laptop, right? Right. So, I mean, work this in reverse. Let's say there is a really incriminating file on that laptop. Uh, And and, uh, Ms. Fercosu knows that. And she knows that if she puts in the password, it will associate her with that laptop to mm-hmm. prove ownership and operation of it. Now, if she didn't put the password on it and they were able to decrypt it, they may not be able to make that connection. It may be an incriminating file, but they may not be able to link it to her. Right. right. But if she puts that password in, suddenly she's making a connection like, well, obviously this was your laptop. You knew the password. It's tough. And it sounds like um, court cases have gone in both ways as far as whether decryption should be mandatory in cases like this or whether it is a fifth amendment yeah, violation. Yeah, very undecided, you're very right. Very undecided. And it, when I first read read this, I was like, well, I tend to consider files on a computer more material items. Yes, I know that they're electronic, but you know, it's it's not just a bunch of text. I mean, there can be photos and there can be programs and it, it's almost more like searching someone's office rather than you know searching someone's brain but uh, Ms. Fercosi's defense attorney made a good point that what if she had written a bunch of incriminating information in code in a diary that she wrote down in pencil and she was the only one who knew how it was coded you know she wrote in some sort of special code that no one else understood it's not so different you know so, so they're like you have to decode this diary and tell us what you were saying well then that's self-incrimination yeah the act of decoding it incriminates herself yeah right i mean that's the whole point of the fifth Amend- amendment it's quote no person shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself and if and i don't think this is like you know the whole analogy of oh give us the key to the safe because that's a physical object this is something you know and shall remain private i believe i mean it could be incriminating to give them the key to the safe when they open the safe and you know find the gun that killed the person or, or whatever i mean you could make that argument as well so or they could i mean i guess if if you have 
enough evidence, you can just open well, the safe. Uh, yeah, I guess the difference force. is with the case. Yeah, you're right. They yeah. can get the crowbar. And well, I mean, theoretically, you can't she, take an axe to a laptop crypt, and decrypt it. If she didn't use TrueCrypt, they could crack it. Maybe. Right, and this yeah. is yeah. why we should all be using 40 Or maybe she used a dictionary password. Right. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. And all sets at MD5 hash. The other wider implication here, however they decide this, is border searches. Right now, uh, if you bring an encrypted laptop across the border and they say they take you in another room and they're like, hey, we want you to we, we want to see what's on your laptop, enter your password. It is not for sure whether they have the right to do that or not, although the courts have said at the border there's different rules. Mm -hmm. If this case goes in favor of the prosecution, there's absolutely no question that they yeah, can do that at the give border. Give us your passphrase. Which is why you need to do a hidden volume in TrueCrypt. Absolutely. And I'm saying they can pry my passphrase from my cold, dead hands. I mean, you keep actually, it written on your hands? No, that actually is my passphrase. I have to change it. <laughs> do you use a cap in there? <laughs> All right. Uh, Google Plus is causing everyone to state their opinion about Google Plus. Plus you can't. One. You can't go two feet on the internet without tripping over somebody's Google Plus blog post. In fact, the smallest, most innocuous things that happen regarding Google Plus are making headlines. For instance, Vic Gundotra wrote at 2.05 a.m. this morning, uh, which, by the way, would be like 11 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So he wasn't up that late. Well, sometimes people are up at 2 a.m. Pacific time also. But it was 2 a.m. 2 Eastern time, so it was like 11. <laughs> He's out here on this Caffeine coast. and Battlestar Galactica. Oh, yeah, happens. So he wrote, quote, lots of criticism for Google+. Plus. We are listening and working to address. Stay tuned for changes this week. Now, they've already made a few changes. Mm -hmm. They've been saying we're listening to your criticisms all along. He's really just reiterating what they've been saying he all along. He said nothing. Computer just World. We'll, we'll continue to make changes. No. Computer World headline. <laughs> Google changes coming to Google Plus this week, and the subhead said lots of criticisms. It's come on. Yeah. I mean, they're they're right. It's true, but but I clicked on that link thinking, ooh, yay, fun goodies. But there's nothing. No, it's no. just they're constantly. It's in field test mode. They're constantly improving the product. It's and they said that from the very beginning. Why yeah. are people so? hyped about Google Plus and writing about it in, in so many different ways and so many different versions. Is it because people are dying for an alternative to Facebook now that MySpace is pretty much, you know, dead in the water? Some people have posited that because you have a, finally a, a good alternative to Facebook to jump over to, you can do the whole Facebook reset where it's like, all right, now I get to add all my friends again. And I've always wanted to unfriend Sarah Lane, but I've never had the balls to do it. And now, now yeah. I just don't have to add her at just all. Just put me into some crap circle and you never yeah. read. And yeah. I don't even know the difference. People, I, mean, you know, I was afraid get, to unfriend circle. Yeah, you don't. Well, I, you do get an email that added you to a circle, but you just don't know that it puts you in my douchebag circle. That's exactly right. I think. I think a lot of this. There, there, well, there are a few factors. Partly, Google Plus is not open to everybody yet, so there are people who are still just kind of like excited and and frustrated that they can't get in and they want to read as much about it as possible. Then there are the, I guess, early adopters. I guess we we could put ourselves in that category that are still figuring out all of the bugs and oh, this doesn't work well and they got to figure out how to collapse comments and oh my newsfeed is such a mess and so we're providing a lot of feedback and and that gets people hyped up you know so, when so you're like this is a cool service but it has a long way to go and then there are the people who are kind of confused like so I so should I leave Facebook and come over to Google Plus because I'm a Facebook user and that's not perfect either and is Google Plus more perfect which of course it is not and I don't even really think that they're direct competitors they're very different things uh, i think it's more of a two social networks that do different things rather than you need to pick one over the other but I, that's I, all contributing to the hype I, I think most definitely the whole like uh 
closed beta, you know, Web 2.0 hype of 2003 well, that always mechanism gets people this year again. Yeah, it's yeah, out of reach. Right. Uh, but, the, I, I, you know, I threw a bunch of stories in here, people talking about how Google will balkanize your social life and predicting Google will go from zero to 100 million users faster than any other <laughs> service in history. Just crazy stuff like that. Uh, but there was one uh, from a, a, an Australian hacker that caught your eye, right, sir? Yeah, this was a guy. His name is, let me make sure I get his name right, uh, Donji Prasana, and he used to work on Google Wave. He was at Google May when... Rest in open sourceness. Yes. Um, he was at Google and was in a lot of the conversations with the Circles team, as they were known back in the day, of their whole idea about adding Google Circles to the, the, the Google social experience. And at the time, he said, you know, I just... I don't know. I mean, I, I guess this is fine and good and everything, but I'm not wowed by it. But it was something that they were going ahead with. Well, there was a deck of Google's intentions that was something public. And he had said to the team at the time, aren't you guys worried that the folks over at Facebook are just going to get on this faster than we can because Facebook is, they tend to be a little bit scrappier and get things pushed ahead because they have more of a... I have a small team. Yeah, smaller kind Zuckerberg of hacker, has, has Google. PHP Anybody who works at Google, you know, has, has complained about how their engineering department is kind of bloated. It takes time for stuff to be pushed through. Well, uh, the, and for whatever reason, Google, it was, it was public information. Turns out, lo and behold, Facebook groups launches and he's all worried about it and he's going, oh no, so this is exactly what I was worried about but Facebook groups is sort of just this if you want to put people in groups it's not really part of the Facebook experience it's like this tacked on thing and he went what I was worried about it's almost as if Facebook doesn't even get it they don't even get what we're trying to do they didn't steal our idea at all no yeah uh, Sarah you're a social media guru after the show I'm gonna just hopefully you can show me where they put groups cuz I can't even I, I started to use it once and then I don't even know where they put that uh, anyway I mean, it's, it's definitely there, but it is not essential to the Facebook experience. And that is the difference between Facebook and Google+. Yeah. You have to use circles to use Google+. You can have more circles than two, or you know, you can, or you can, or you can keep have them. just one. Or you can yeah. have just one. Have but that is a fundamental circles. part of how it works. You can't have zero circles. There are no null circles. <laughs> you can't have a circle in a circle, though. Not you might be able to. Well, Maybe you can. A, no, it's a manual process. You can't, yeah, exactly. You, you can't just have nest to do it circles. Right. You can't, can't nest and you can't merge currently, and that's something that a lot of people are complaining yeah. about. And you can't have uh, synced circles where everybody agrees to have the same people in the same circle. Which is Facebook groups. Like lists. Or which is right. the one thing that Facebook groups does. Right. Uh, let's finish off with uh, Apple's patent roundup. Woo. They're riding off into the patent sunset, shooting their patent guns in the air. Uh, there's like four, three or four stories here, so we're going to do this McLaughlin Group style, and uh, you know, and I'm just going to I'm going to hit everybody with what you think. First of all, Personal Audio, a patent licensing company with a highfalutin facility in Beaumont, Texas, won a decision in patent-friendly Eastern District Court of Texas. Apple is now asked to hand over eight million dollars to settle iPod uh, violations. The iPod was found to violate the patent for downloadable playlists that allowed you to skip forward and backward through a list of songs darren kitchen forward and backward through songs down down sarah lane mm, that's a down. down that's a down 
That's also down. wow. That was down. pretty hardcore down. So in other words, we're down on this decision. Apple's yeah. going to appeal it anyway. This isn't over yet. Uh, the W3C, the folks responsible for the standards of HTML, or at least partially responsible, issued a call for prior art invalidating two Apple patents, which describe a widget security system and an application which covers safe distribution and use of content. The reason they're doing this, why is W3C taking on Apple? W3C hoped Apple would grant it a royalty-free license for that very intellectual property so they could include it in the widget access request policy specification for web apps. This is part of standardizing web apps. Apple said, nope, this is our intellectual property. We're not giving it up for free to anybody, especially not a standards agency, which would allow everyone in the world to use it. Darren Kitchen, what do you think? Meh. Uh, That's all you think is mad? Well, well, okay, what I think is, it's like, come on, Apple, it's time to share some love to make the internet better place for everyone. Wrong. The internet is not a place for everyone. Just now. <laughs> uh, down. Yeah. I'll give it a thumbs down. Da- wrong. Because wrong. you didn't use enough words. Sarah oh, okay. Lane. Apple needs to play nicer. <laughs> You're right. Sarah Lane has it Yay! right. Yay! That doesn't mean they have to give away the patents, I kind of feel like though. we all said the same thing. Yeah, yeah I kind of do. So. That's, that's how the McLaughlin group does it. Uh, and finally, we don't have to go roundtable on this yeah. one. Apple has filed a second complaint against HTC uh, to the International Trade Commission, uh, targeted in the complaint are more than a dozen Android smartphones and the HTC Flyer tablet. So that's just part of the ongoing morass, World War One-like patent flagration that is going on. Is that a word? I'm going to conflagration. Yeah, I think that's sure. what I was reaching we'll for. Let it fly. All right. Let's move on to the news feed before I say something else stupid. News Corp's purchase of British Sky Broadcasting, B-Sky-B, as the kids call it, hit a snag today. Uh, the deal will be subject to the UK's Competition Commission, which ought to delay the purchase to 2012 at the earliest, before the voicemail hacking scandal. Everybody thought it was going to be approved this week. But things are looking bad for the Murdochs. Both News Corp's and B-Sky-B's stock dipped after the news made the rounds. HTC has announced a timeline for its phones that support unlocking the bootloader, so that should excite some of you. Over on its face, Facebook page HTC says to expect the HTC sensation in August and some unstated time later expect the sensation 4G and Evo 3D on T-Mobile and Sprint respectively. The ability to unlock the bootloader should be fully operational by early September. That's no bootloader. It's a space station. Ah. It's a trap. And on the other side of that, uh, the head of strategy and product management for Samsung's U.S. mobile division, Omar Khan, has jumped ship. (laughs) Khan is leaving to take a position at Citigroup. Now, a Samsung representative spun the situation by saying Omar is not leaving to join a competitor to Samsung. And we anticipate having a uh, continued relationship with him once he's settled in his new role. Another employee said, he put things in our ears. Researchers at North Carolina State University have found a new piece of malware that targets certain Android devices called Hippo SMS, and it texts a premium number without the user's permission. The attacker gets paid a portion of the revenue earned by the premium number. Additionally, Hippo Hippo SMS is hard to say. Also, Hippo SMS deletes incoming texts that could alert the user of an issue. The malware was found in alternative Android markets, not in the official Google app market and appears to affect only users in China, not users not in China. It's like Bonsai Buddy all over again. It is. You're right. Mm, that's no good. The six-company consortium that bid $4.5 billion on those Nortel patents, remember that, has received court approval to buy those patents. The consortium known as Rockstar Bidco LP, <laughs> sounds like an energy drink, but no, that's Apple, Microsoft, and REM. <laughs> 
That's who they are. Once the deal is officially completed, they will be the proud owners of 6,000 patents and passion applications. Not passion. <laughs> patents. But they're very passionate about them. They are. Related to wireless networking and technologies like LTE. Who wouldn't be passionate about that? Now, I should say, although they were outbid, Google does get an A for awesome with their bid of, wait for it, 3.14. One five nine million Google bid pie. Yay! Yay! Uh, but they still lost. Only to what five digits? Yeah. I Come know. on, Google. I guess that's why they lost. They didn't really deserve it because they didn't try hard enough. <laughs> they had the larger number. <laughs> you know, they could have gotten those really big checks. You know, the, the ones you see, like uh, the clearinghouse checks. Anyway, yeah. those would be awesome, just with pie going way off Kenny the Kenny D wins. He says, that's an irrational bid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You deserve nothing, Google. How dare you? Back on track. PC Mag is reporting that DisplayPort to HDMI cables may be recalled. The marketing director of HDMI LLC said that any cable that doesn't include HDMI connectors on both ends is in violation of the HDMI spec. And that would mean that many DisplayPort to HDMI cables could be illegal. Now, HDMI LLC could require that those cables be recalled, but it hasn't done so yet. Give us your HDMI DisplayPort cables now. I'm saying a Y cable. Huh? Y oh. That would be HDMI They just say sides. that the Y cable has to have HDMI on all, all three, three sides. Yeah. Oh, dang it. IDC says that Android tablets accounted for 34% of global tablet sales for the first quarter of 2011. Compared to the previous quarter, that's an increase of 8.2% for Android tablets, but tablet shipments overall declined 28%. The iPad is still the dominant tablet, but these numbers show Android gaining some serious ground. Hmm. Verizon's unlimited plans aren't dead dead. They're just Mostly dead. If you're a Verizon dead, subscriber dead. with an unlimited 3G plan, you'll be able to upgrade to a 4G phone and keep that unlimited plan, plus get access to $30 a month 4G tethering plan. Verizon posted the news on its Verizon support Twitter account, so I think they mean business. Have fun storming your plans. <laughs> Move on to the randomizer. Uh, Move on to the randomizer. Do it now. Randomizer. Randomizer. Randomize it. Randomizer. Yeah, whatever. Randomize timer. Ah, uh, yes. Well, we have two different takes on this RoboCup 2011 story. One comes from the British Broadcasting Company. They say the UK Robot World Cup hopes were dashed because the UK team didn't win. However, US team Romola has swept RoboCup 2011, winning first Aww, place in both the kid size and teen yeah. size divisions. USA. 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 <laughs> It is America's first full-size autonomous humanoid Charlie managed to also make the high score record for the teen size division. Darwin, the kid size robot, beat the Darmstadt dribblers. They're mortal enemies, I would assume. They have been programmed to believe. Uh, They're also the previous <laughs> world champs and uh, continued on to the finals. Ah, uh, douchebag robots. <laughs> I hate it when the robot. You I, suck. I hate it when that robot takes a dive and like pretends like he's hurt. <laughs> sucks. You should, you should definitely Bunch click through in the show notes though and check out the video. It's 27 minutes long, so if you're having trouble, so it's shorter tonight, than an actual yeah, football game. That's Very true. Nice. Let's do the calendar. Let's. Hey, that worked. The Firefox 7 pre-release with reduced memory footprint lands in Aurora Channel. Uh, it has uh, Firefox 5 arrived last month, and then Firefox version 6. If you're wondering what's up with that, 
they're in beta status and expected to launch on August 16th. So you have versions all over the place. Just pick your poison. Apple Seeds, iOS 5, Beta 3, and a lot of other goodies to developers. So if you're interested in that, what are you waiting for, Tom? Um, well, I'm not waiting for anything. Uh, but if you're not a developer, uh, you would have to download it illegally. So you should wait. Well, I said to developers, but if you're a developer, and you are one. There's nothing to wait for. So there you have it. Except for the downloading. Except so, get on it. Yeah. What you could do with your smartphone? Aren't you one of those ten percent? No, you have to download it on a computer. Oh well, then there's your compelling reason to have a real computer. There you go. Tonight, live on the MLB's Facebook fan page. Guess what you can watch? You can watch the Home Run Derby. That's facebook.com slash MLB, uh, which is pretty obvious, but I thought I'd let you know. You can also watch on ESPN and MLB's apps. These are not robots. If you don't want to go through, right. We think. Well, robot-ish. But if you want to watch the Home Run Derby, suffice it to say, you can. Uh, even if you don't have cable, which I don't. HTC status ships on July 17th. It's currently in pre-order. Relationship with AT&T. This also is a funny-looking uh, physical Facebook share button that uh, will allow photos and videos and websites to be uploaded to your account. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. Just depends on how you like your phones um, and how much you like Facebook, I guess. T-Mobile's HTC MyTouch 4G slide is hitting July 27th for 200 with a contract. Pre-orders start on July 19th. If you haven't signed up for your free year of identity theft protection yeah, from Sony or Remember where we were like, you're, you're so done. out of time, dude. Just, you know, remember when you got just, you. just when you whatever. Got Actually, that's not true. You have now to the 31st of July oh, to sign up. They extended it? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm not really sure. I guess they just, probably didn't meet their, their that, budget line item for it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Come on, you guys. Do this. And uh, Nyko Zoom, this is a cool one. It gives space limited Connect users more room. So if you like have a tiny little living room and you find Ooh. that Connect games can be kind of a challenge, on August 23rd, uh, you will be able to buy a $29 device from Nyko that will attach to your Connect sensor to reduce the amount of flail space required by about 40%. Hey. I played with this at E3. It's pretty Did cool. Did you? Yeah. I love the idea. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. You know, some people just don't have big palatial living rooms. Yeah, I need Blackberry this. Internet Service 4.1 is coming October 8th. Uh, when a user adds an account to BIS, the most recent 20 messages on the server will be downloaded automatically. Previously, um, only messages sent after setup would be included. So that's kind of cool. Some other improvements like uh, increased attachment size and so on and so forth. On to the voicemails. 260-TNT-SHOW is the phone number to call. we got a couple good ones today. First one is a theory about the iPod with the 3G connection, the iPod Touch that we were talking mm. about. Hi, this is Alex. I have an idea to this iPod 3G rumor. What if Apple gives you a 3G connection, but you cannot use it? Not for surfing anyway. You can only use it for download apps and download music. Apple made an agreement with the carrier, uh, you don't have to think about it, but you can use it for Apple things, but not for the rest. Eh? Eh? Yeah. Ah. Okay, that's intriguing. Three iPod Touch uh, coming with a built-in 3G WhisperNet-like connection. Mm. What do you think, Sarah Lane? Uh, I mean, what? Like, if I think it's cool or true? Time's up. Darren Kitchen. Okay, <laughs> consumer side compelling because at least then you could get your... MP3s really fast, and yet on the hacker side, yeah, let's root that bad boy. De definitely compelling, <laughs> Jason. How uh, compelling? But I just don't see Apple doing. This. Off mic, I as Actar. He says thumbs up. All right, whatever. Yeah, because he's an iPod Touch user. Let's move on to Mark uh, from Tampa, who uh, is is an RF engineer and has a theory about light squared. Has his opinion. Let's say. Yeah, hello. 
Hello, TNT. Uh, my name is Mark from Tampa, Florida. I'm a uh, broadcast and uh, RF engineer, and I just wanted to comment on the light squared versus GPS uh, manufacturer discussion. I wanted to point out that there's almost zero chance of the light squared allocation signals interfering with the aircraft and commercial GPS receivers because they're built to a much higher spec than the, uh, the cheap consumer receivers that are at issue here. Uh, I think it's on to the uh, GPS manufacturers to up the quality of their equipment and uh, that would eliminate the problem very rapidly and allow uh, more competition in the uh, broadband market. Thank you very much. Keep up the good work. Enjoy the show every day. Thank you. Goodbye. All right. So we're going to take Mark at his word. He knows what he's talking about. That's, uh, that's a, that is actually Light Squared's argument right there, I think. They're saying, look, GPS folks should have made this stuff. And, and Mark's going even further and saying, I don't even think it will interfere. Light Squared says, okay, we'll admit that there might be some interference. NTIA seems to think that there's all kinds of crazy interference here. So this is a, this is a big controversy amongst the folks who work in this industry. Thanks, Mark from Tampa. Yeah. Shining a little light. Thanks for someone who knows. A little light squared. On to the email. TNT at twit.tv. Kate in Halifax, Nova Scotia writes in and says, love the show as usual. Just listening on the post show for July 8th. I too have had the unfortunate situation of dropping my iPhone into the water. It worked pretty well after a few hours in rice with the exception of my sleep button. She's referring to the fact that I admitted that I, I, I dunked my phone into the pool. Uh, not the end of the world. Apple, of course, wouldn't fix it. Water damage. So I suffered through without the use of the button. From time to time, my phone would freak out and want to turn itself off. The slide to power off screen would just appear unprompted. After a few months of dealing with it, this week, my phone suddenly began working good as new. I have full use of the sleep button again and no more unprompted powering off my phone. Perhaps there is hope for your phone too. Good luck. Well, you have that 30 days, right? I have 30 so days still in that to return window. the iPhone I, re I placed it with. Yeah. And uh, after that, I have agreed to donate it to science. Or in other words, give it to IAS for this old nerd. There you go. He's just going to open it. So everybody it wins. He's going to vivisect Well, actually, you it. don't dead, win. So you wouldn't vivisect You might win, but so right now, I don't. You, well, I, I got an unlocked bucks. phone now, yeah. so I can just go traveling and put a SIM in it. So in a I way, it just forced you to do something that I kind of wanted to do, yeah. but I couldn't yeah. justify. Right. No, I like that. Totally. I don't think that pool incident was a uh, uh -huh. was an accident. Oh, I've totally forgotten that this phone is in my pocket. Wait, are you proposing gadget justified vacations? Because I don't care what the gadget is. I'm buying it. Yep. All right, done. Uh, Sarah, next email. From Michael Gray. He, he's, he's, he's weighing in on Google+. He says, listen, Twitter is just a fire hose. It's great. You get a continual stream of information, but it's untargeted. It's cluttered. It's fun. Facebook is more like a private club where everybody in your circle is connected, and you know anything that will be said will be seen by all of them. Google+, is more. It's the circles. As a photographer and tech geek, I find myself often sharing information that's not germane to a portion of my audience. Now I can talk about developing film just to photographers. I can discuss the finer points of Lightroom with the digital guys. I can talk about technology in general with those that are interested. I can control my signal to noise ratio to my audience, sending targeted messages to those who care. It really strengthens my voice. That's why Google Plus is supplanting Facebook for me because I need a fire hose, but I don't need a private club when I can focus my message. That's why it trumps Facebook for me, but it does not fill Twitter's niche. Everyone's mileage will vary. I think a lot of people are already agreeing with Michael. I'm seeing a lot of posts on Google Plus, of course, because people love to talk about Google Plus on Google Plus but th but they're saying exactly what he's saying yeah, is that, I totally agree with that it's extreme it's it's that it's that targeting and being able to to be one person in a certain circle um, and know that the people who you're who you're sharing with are interested and you're not just sh 
publicly spamming. And other I think people. it doesn't replace Twitter the way right. Facebook didn't replace Twitter because Twitter does one thing very well. Uh, and and Google Plus is trying to to split the difference, but it still doesn't do what Twitter does as well. Although, for asking a general question, I I always go on Twitter and I, I say, hey, you know what? I'm I'm researching a top five. What are your favorite comic apps? Was the thing I asked sure. today. Uh, I did it on Google Plus because you know what? Going through all those at replies mm-hmm. is a real pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Whereas Google Plus, it's all threaded. It's all threaded and yeah. you know another right benefit with that too that I found out today because I used it for tonight's Android show is if you make something public, you can get a link to that entry with all the replies oh, and nice. publish it publicly and then in like our that. our show notes. So if there's a lot of really good information in that thread Ooh, you can just publish it that's a good tip yeah you can link right to it that sometimes you just need a fire hose though yeah you know it's, it's a whole because you need to put out a fire yeah uh we need a new tricaster and we are getting one in yeah. the new twit studio we'll be using the tricaster 850 uh which is essentially you know those big trucks you see outside the stadiums for for football and baseball games yeah. uh or maybe sometimes at, at big political events or whatever take one of those and squeeze it down into a box like that big. So audio users ana- imagine Nanotruck. like two of my heads. Uh, this magical box is a 24-channel system with everything we need to make a TV show. Uh, we can use it for desktop or portable production. TriCaster lets us broadcast, live stream, project, and record HD video all at the same time. Visit NewTek, N-E-W-T-E-K.com if you want to find out more about the TriCaster. Or just watch us starting July 24th if you want to see it in action because we're going to be using it. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any of us can wait. Yeah, sure. well, we don't have to wait very long. And big thanks no, to New right Tech for, for setting us up with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And of course, you can help us get other pieces of the studio by buying a brick. Bricks.twit.tv. Get your name up on the wall for all to see. We are expecting a lot of people in the first week that we're open. Mm-hmm. It's kind of daunting how yeah. many people are going to be traipsing through that studio for live audience stuff. Hmm. Uh, we're, we're very happy about that. Uh, but if you want your brick to be up there for people to look at, you need to buy it now. Bricks.twit.tv. Also want to thank all the folks on our Reddit at technewstoday.reddit.com. Over 1,000 Tech News Today readers are on there, and you should join them. Technewstoday.reddit.com. Submit a story, vote a story up or down. If you're seeing a story trending, you're like, I don't like that story. You can vote it down, too. That's what I like about this. American Idol should take a tip from that. Uh, big thanks to Homer Blally, Patrick Rigby, Captain Kipper, Flash Cider, JX Mitchell, T-Mark, DM Max, and more chimera 96 for instance all submitted stories today and uh, we thank him so much for helping us figure out what stuff should go into the show darren kitchen thank you for being in the show you know in two weeks mm-hmm. we'll be able to have you and i as on the show at the same time which is good because a lot of people we'll have more room starting rumors w- about yeah i thought you were the same people it's You're a common misconception days. yeah because yeah. when you look to your right you don't see darren anymore no and when you look to your left, yeah, you don't see Ayaz anymore. It's a shame. How do you know they're the same, ah. not the same person? She just blew my mind, Merritt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. It's quantum dissonance. What's going on at HackFi? Have you ever wondered how your microwave interferes with your Wi-Fi? I've wondered why. Well, yes. we're, gonna, we're breaking down the science of Wi-Fi. It's really exciting. Head over to HAK5.org. Check out the latest hack tips. Is it's the solution nice. to wrap my house in aluminum foil? It could be. 
But you and won't it know may for sure be in process right now, and you will find out, Tom, when you get home today. And the answer Are you may foiling my house? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> the answer will definitely That's surprise the, you. The geek version of, of uh, paper to, toilet papering your house is to... Uh, <laughs> to foil it. Well, is to Faraday cage it. Yeah. <laughs> Twit.tv slash TNT is the place to find us on the web. 260 TNT shows our phone number again. And, of course, you can email us about anything you feel like. TNT at Twit.tv. We appreciate everybody watching or listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank <laughs> you.